Welcome back to the Kenny Chester Podcast. On today's episode, we're going to talk about bad dads. Um, <laughs> it's kind of a simple title. Uh, I wanted to go with the nakedness of the father. I don't know if we would have got banned <laughs> for such a title, but I'll explain that as a point later on. But we're going to talk about the brothers Karamazov again, uh, introduce the concept of this terrible father, and get a little, uh, again, get a little philosophical on uh, how to deal with the terrible father. Um, that might have been in your life and what are the ways uh, in which not to proceed in life because of it and some ways you can. I think it's going to be interesting. Buckle up. Let's get to work. I don't know. It seems to me that he shouldn't be saying that. Well, what is it that you want him to say? Shut him down. You're with us today, and we're going to start today a little different. I've got some voicemails I want to play for you. If you want to leave the Kenny Chester Podcast a voicemail, you can visit our site. It's at anchor.fm backslash Kenny dash Chesser. And uh, there's an app you can uh, download as well to do that. Or if you know my number or you want to send me an uh, audio message through uh, Twitter or uh, something of that nature. Uh, you, you're welcome to do that. I can incorporate it onto the show, but uh, without any further ado, let's get to some of these voicemails. <clears throat> First, we have up listener Blake. What you got for us, Big Daddy? Uh, Kenny, I agree with everything you said. There you have it, folks. Keen insight from listener Blake. He agrees with everything I said. I like those type of voicemails. Let's move on. We've got listener Zach. Hey, man, just checked out the most recent podcast on the brothers I won't even try to pronounce it um, but the, 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 the book about brothers uh, and loved it man I love I love what you've been doing so far with the podcast I love the diversity of content that we're getting um, I've enjoyed all of it and looking forward to more but wanted to, to just get some feedback loved it I thought it was great I, I am enjoying the occasional book review um, I, I like it. I think it's something you should keep doing. But the way you put this out there and explained it and got me excited about it, and then the fact that you said um, you want to sit down with somebody and, and talk to them about it and their experience with it. You and I have done that uh, on multiple things. You've been a great um, sounding board for me to flesh out ideas with as well, and I appreciate that. But we've done it a couple times, so I was like, man, I want to read this book so that I can do that. I want to I I sit down and talk to them about it because I want to hear your thoughts on it, even though I don't necessarily really understand the book, but I'd like to dive deep into it. Um, so I looked it up on Libby, pulled it up on Libby, and uh, 35 hours of listening time for the audiobook. I was unprepared. That is a, a hefty ordeal. Um, over 900 pages worth of reading, 35 hours of listening time. Uh, caught me off guard. Um, I would have I would have brought that up. I would have mentioned it. I, uh, if something I would have it would have been a flex that I had done it or at least given people a heads up. Hey, it's a great book. Um, know what you're getting into though, because my goodness. Um, but still looking forward to it. Was unprepared for the price tag that is attached to it. Uh, but I think I'm willing to pay the price. I think I'm willing to, to suffer the cost to read and experience it off of, based off of uh, what you've been saying about it so far. So looking forward to it, man. Looking, uh, thanks for the podcast. Loving all the, all of it. Like I said, looking forward to all of the podcasts in the future. Keep doing what you're doing with it. I am enjoying it. 
Oh man, definitely some encouraging words there from the Reverend Zachary Smith. Uh, I've talked about Zach on the podcast before. Um, he is one of my friends, uh, fellow musicians at the church. He was in the uh, Adventures in Preaching episode when I talked about trying to get into the mind of the author of the letter where we talked about the bridge at music practice. He is a fantastic musician and even better friend. And I appreciate him listening. I've got friends out there I've, out that listen. I've got strangers out there that listen. And uh, I appreciate you both. <laughs> he uh, he uh, called me out. I forgot to, I guess, explain <laughs> in uh, last week's episode about uh, the length of the book. Um, I, uh, I guess I missed the opp- opportunity to flex on that. Uh, I read the Constance Garnett uh, translation um and I, I can't I, I can't remember the exact page count uh I listened as well on Libby uh if, for those of you that don't know Libby is a free app that you can use that is associated with your any library that you would use uh, you just put your library card in and you can have a database of free digital books you can read on your Kindle um or they have audiobooks as well that you can listen to while you travel. Um, and Zach was, you could hear the roar. I tried my best to eliminate from the uh, voicemail, but thats I don't want that to stop uh, anybody from actually uh, sending me voicemails. I can do that uh, in post and eliminate that, but uh, he listens to it while he's out uh, on job sites or when he's traveling like I do. And, um, and, uh, uh, I I guess I didn't explain that very well. I'm sorry about that. Uh, and it's actually a great segue, uh, as well into today's episode. Uh, again, thank you, uh, Blake. Thank you, Zach. Thank you for others that have sent voicemails that I've uh, unable to, or been unable uh, as of yet to incorporate into the show. I will make sure to, to, to be better at doing that. Uh, but I thankful, I'm thankful for all my support. Um, so that's a great segue into today's, uh, brothers Karamazov, uh, spinoff episode, I would say. I said I wanted to talk about this, and it's so weird that there's so many things that are converging in my life right now, the uh, people that I love and um, that I uh, care about deeply. Um, after I read this book uh, that kind of touches on some of these issues, uh, there have been things that come to my attention uh, on multiple uh, people in my life that are... Um, dealing with with this issue and and today's episode is not geared toward any one situation at all this is something that uh it's actually a lesson that i had taught um or one of the one of the points i'm going to make is a lesson i taught a couple years ago on a father's day uh to our young adult class um because i saw the the value in it uh specifically of the this point in time in our uh our nation's history i thought it was uh, valuable to talk about and so um i am using the content from that uh or that i remember i can i cannot find it i think it was on my laptop the one that gave up the ghost uh, a few months ago uh and so i don't have access to my notes i'm going on memory from my notes but i remember what i used um uh, as source material for that, obviously the Bible <laughs> I was teaching, uh, but uh, the the other things that I had read and, and studied on as well. So I'm going to try to get into that today. Um, let me say going forward, we're going to do some more episodes on the Brothers Karamazov because uh, I have not exhausted even close to uh, exhausted the, the things that I wanted to discuss in that book. Uh, one of the things that uh, Zach said in the voicemail, and I, and I appreciate he's that type of friend. He wants to talk about it with me, and he knows my. Uh, we do this whether it be uh, books that we've read, sermons, 
lectures, um, film, something like that. Anytime either one of us gets something that we need to talk about, we'll call each other or we'll uh, carve out some time after musicians practice and we'll go into one of our offices and just talk about it. And and I appreciate uh, that is uh, that type of personality. He knows that I need to talk about it and so he wants to be uh, there for me. So he's going to read this Russian novel and you can't beat that. That's an incredible friend that will do that for you. Uh, obviously, I think he'll enjoy the book as well. I think all my listeners will, or most of my listeners will. I'll put it that way. Uh, you might not, but don't hold it against me. I, I promise you, it would be, be it's 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 worth the price tag, um, Zach, to to invest in it. It is that good of a book. Uh, I'm gonna tell you how good a, a book it is. It makes me want to learn Russian. That way, I can uh, read it in its original language. I'm sure there's nuances, just like in uh, the Bible that are lost, uh, you know, some of the idioms, some of the, uh, the syntax, you know, is lost in translation. And so it's that good. So <clears throat> moving on, uh, I said something uh, in last week's episode that I want to kind of uh, clean up a little bit. And that is I, was talk- I started to tell the, what the book was about. Uh, and I started by talking about how how terrible the father was, and I didn't move on. And so the book is not about terrible fathers only. Uh, the 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 book is about a terrible father and his impact on his children's life. And then through that, what you know, the the major plot of the the story uh, involves one of the children's reaction to his father, and then all these philosophical ideas get fleshed out, whether in conversation between the brothers conversation uh that that happens in legal proceedings um and conversations that happen in one of their minds you know uh with with the devil and it's a really really interesting passage there and so I'm I'll just let me clear that up you know it's not just about a bad dad uh but today's episode is about a bad dad or bad dads and so we're going to talk about it and so from the brothers Karamazov, you get this character uh, his name is Theodore um and he fathers we know three children that bear his name, his last name, the Karamazovs, uh, the Pavlovich uh, name. And then there's an illegitimate son as well that's there. Um, and all of their actions, I should say all of their actions, but a good portion of the actions that move the story along um, is an answer or a you know, response to uh, this man's uh, life. And so um, it was, it's amazing some of the things that's going on in my personal life with, uh, with my immediate family. And this is not a, uh, I'm not talking about my father um, when I say this, but people in my life's father. Um, there is one specific storyline that's happening right now um, that's developing that involves my mother's biological father um, that, uh, that has really impacted the family over the last uh, few uh, months uh, in, a, in a positive way. But it's, it's amazing how a father, even beyond the grave, my uh, mother's biological father passed away and she did not know him growing up uh, as a child or as, as an adult. And I want to I want to say this, um, and I have to be very careful when I when I make comments like this um, because I don't want anybody to think that I'm being specific to one situation. Um, 
because there was there was another situation as well that was uh, brought to my attention, and I never want to bring unwarranted or undesired attention to things. And so uh, I'm speaking uh, in generals today, but obviously they can apply to specific, and the specifics get me thinking about the general. Uh, and so one of the things that we find in this book, and I thought it was so strange that all these things are converging at the same time in my life. One of the things that we find in the book about the father is that the father really isn't there as a presence for their children. There's a couple lines early on in the book where the children were forgotten. They just were forgotten. They were raised by um, servants or they were raised by, uh, there was there was two separate mothers that were involved in the early part of the stories. Um, and um, and so you've got this idea that uh, Theodore was not really there for his children, and you don't get the idea. I mean, it flat out tells you, and he's just a terrible type person, um, just lust for life. You know, once again, we talked about this with Dimitri last week that he gets this from his father, and he's just kind of just live in the moment, very selfish, um, very do what I want, uh, and um, and so you you got this man that's making these terrible decisions for his children. And we look at that and say, well, you know, the, he didn't parent them children, or the, you know, those children. He didn't, uh, he didn't, you know, he biologically is their father, but there was no fathering going on. And so one of the things that's in this book, and it's also, I think we deal with it uh, in our um, society, in all societies across the board, is that even absent fathers are still fathering in that they, by their absence, is still having an impact on their children. Like you say, well, they abdicated the responsibility. Yeah, that's true. But so they wasn't a they, they weren't a good father, but they still inhabited the role of the father in that they were terrible and it still affected the child. There's no once you once you father a child, there's at that point there's 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 no way that you won't affect them. Your impact will be felt whether because you're there and you're good, because you're there and you're terrible, or because you're not there. But not being there isn't a, um, it doesn't, it's not without consequences is what I'm trying to say. And so we we see this in the case of Dimitri, uh, Ivan, or Ivan, and Alyosha, um, is that their father, as terrible as he was, still affected them. and so. This brings me to this interesting concept that I want to explore in today's episode is that, you know, we know well enough that the possibility is out there that there are absent fathers and there are just terrible people that father children. And your 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 father probably is somewhere on the spectrum between the best father ever and the worst father ever. And this is obviously says, well that's that covers everybody, Chester. Obviously that's what that's the point that I'm making. And so there's gradations of the kind of father you had. Maybe you had a good father early on. Maybe you had a bad father early on. Maybe you had a bad father that turned good. Maybe you had a good father that turned bad. You know it reminds me that that uh, Solzhenitsyn uh, quote um, that talks about how uh, good and evil, the line separating good and evil, cuts through the heart of every man, you know, and it uh, oscillates. It goes back and forth that, that even in the worst of people, there remains a beachhead of good, and in the best of people, there's a foothold of evil, um, and we have those proclivities to go in one direction or the other. And so my listeners today, you're, you're, you have a father. Um, 
or had a father um, that had an impact on your life, either through his presence or through his absence, but it's there. And so what I want to talk about today with with bad dads is, and a lot of this is going to be coming from my favorite, again, no uh, no surprise here that I'm going to be quoting or pulling a lot from um, Dr. Jordan Peterson, because I just, I love his writings and his, his, his lectures are just amazing, especially on this subject. And so he, in a, uh, a lecture sh- uh, series uh, entitled The Biblical Significance, I'm sorry, The Psychological Significance of the Early Biblical Stories. Um, it's like, I don't even remember how many parts it was, 14 or 15, uh, where he goes through uh, the early stories in Genesis. And I got so much information from there. I understand I don't go there for theology. I'm not getting my doctrine um, from a psychologist lecturing. But I love the idea that these stories tell us something about human psychology. Um, and one of the thing, one of the stories that he covers that, and I remember this is where I had a kind of like a light bulb moment when I was preparing for a Father's Day uh, lesson for my young adults uh, a few years ago. I think it was two or three years ago. I taught um, a lesson called the nakedness of the father, and it was an idea put forth through the story of Noah and his sons after the flood. And Dr. Peterson talks about it in such a way that just man made so much sense to me because he separated the um, the man who is a father and uh, and and also serves as a representative of the spirit of the father in our society. And I thought it was so advantageous to this moment in history to talk about. So why not talk about it on the show as well? And so here's the idea. Many of you are familiar with the Bible. Some of you aren't. So let me cover the the details of the story. So Noah found grace in um, the eyes of God. The world had become so evil that that the the, the Lord wanted to reset reset on on societies. And so he found a good man who was uh, righteous in the eyes of God in a unrighteous world. And that that gives me hope that no matter how evil the world is, now we know that he's not going the Lord's not going to destroy the world again with water the next time is going to be by fire. And so we know this judgment is coming again when the world reaches that culmination of evil like it was before. And I'm telling you, I feel like we're heading, I'm not saying we're, uh, you know, I'm not being a doomsday guy here. I'm just reading you the the biblical evidence that we know that there's going, there's going to be a judgment day that's coming. And so that judgment is, is, is coming when the world reaches to a, a certain uh, pinnacle or uh, or maybe a, a valley, you know, a depth, you know, however you want to look at it, and the Lord's going to destroy the earth again. So the, the good news is that in the most immoral societies, there can be morality. There can be, and that's what the church is trying to do. The church is trying to spread the gospel, um, trying to get people to follow the teachings of Jesus and, 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 and accept His free gift of salvation. That's That's the work of the church. And so right now what we have is this 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 father Noah who hears from God who's righteous who builds an ark that saves not only his family but saves all of these animals that way that they can and you probably remember as a sun, uh, Sunday school story that he builds this ark this mechanism of safety that that, it, that they survive the damnation of the world um, to repopulate uh, and procreate and all this uh, a, a new civilization basically and so that's the gist of the story. He gets all of them in his boat, the family, his sons, his son's wives. Um, and then after the the flood, the water recedes. Uh, I can't get into all the details, but there they, they are. And you have this father who literally just saved the world um, 
get out and they they sacrifice um, unto the Lord. Uh, some of you might be surprised that, <laughs> that this happened because you're like, well, he only had two of each animal. That's not true. He actually had two of every animal that was unclean, and he had seven of each animals that were clean that could be offered up as a sacrifice. And so he prepared to sacrifice, which is another episode or another sermon, if you will, to, uh, to itself. But he, he gets off the boat, and, and the Bible says that Noah planted a vineyard. Uh, he got drunk on the fruits of his labor, the vineyard, um, and he passed out in his tent. Well, you, at this point of the story, you have a son named Ham that comes into the tent, sees the nakedness of his father, the vulnerability. Now, in in the early biblical stories, nakedness is seen as kind of a um, a vulnerable state, a um, inadequacy when Adam and Eve, when their eyes open, their their consciousness, basically their you know good and evil, their knowledge where they could separate and they knew what was right and what was wrong. Think of it as a child that runs around naked, having no clue that he's naked. It's innocence, it's childlike innocence. Um, well, when you when the lights come on, you start you start becoming aware of your vulnerabilities and like, oh my lord, I need to I need to cover cover myself up. Um, and so nakedness is 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 kind of associated with that. Also. If you're not straight, you know, if you don't want to take the biblical argument, take the biological argument. We are the, uh, you know, we're the the mammals that are standing upright. And so we have uh, more vulnerability than to say like a, an animal that's on four legs. And so our nakedness is our vulnerability in that regard that we, that there's things that need to be covered um, just as a, as a, a defense mechanism. And so you get this idea that na- that nakedness is is there for vulnerability, that inadequacy, it's the things that it's a, it's weakness uh in that regard. And so Ham sees the nakedness of his father and has an inappropriate response. He comes out and he's laughing, you know, he's uh he doesn't uh reverence the the father uh the father's inadequacies, the father's um nakedness, the father's uh vulnerability. And so his brothers, they 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 look and say, you know what? This is not a good thing. We 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 can't we can't do this to our father. And so what do they do? The the the, the scripture says that they back in. You know they don't even look. They 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 have some uh, a device. You know a, a some material that they're going to cover their father's nakedness. But they go in the tent backwards. They don't want to behold it. Um, the the nakedness of the father. And so they they cover the father up and they come out. Well when Noah um, gets out of his drunken, you know, stupor. When when he comes to himself, he realizes what's happened, and he pronounces a curse on Ham. I understand this that it actually affected Ham's children. Um, that Canaan was going uh, to be made to serve um, the others, and so you have this like amazing story that like it's got all these layers, and 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 you see it's like all right, what's going on here with the 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 nakedness of the father why is this treated like this you know you know Noah should not have done what he done Noah, Noah put himself in an un, uh, comp, uh, a compromising position and you know is it really Ham's fault like did Ham know you know that Noah was going to be like that when he walked in he couldn't have just walked in backwards without seeing it i think it's really the response of Ham to his father's inadequacy to his father's failures and and so one of the things that that you have to think about here is that you have the father who is the man that represents 
all the things that we talk about when we say father. Now, it's, 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 this is a difficult thing for some people to process because they've had terrible fathers. But in the scripture and also in other uh, forms of sacred writings uh, that, that humanity from, from th- this point all the way to the back, earliest parts of recorded history and beyond, is you have this idea of this wise father. It's this archetype that that this wise father, kind of like a king, um, that judges the actions of the children. Um, it, biblically, we know it as the father. The you know he relate he chooses to relate himself. Uh, the relationship between God and man is is done as a father. And so when you have a bad father, it really corrupts that idea of father. But it doesn't change the scripture in a way that that we well we just we can't you know use that because there's bad dads god knows there's going to be bad dads but he chose this relationship to man uh this manifestation this way to manifest himself to us in this relationship through this you know, and the scripture says, you know, we've therefore received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, cry, Abba, Father. You know, we have this father figure. And so there's a lot to unpack here. But the idea is that not only is Noah a man who literally, biologically fathered these children, but he's also this representation of all the history, all the the wisdom, all the 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 the, the past experiences that are manifested in this figure. So you've got the father and then you have the role of the father or the spirit of the father. And one of the things that I touched on in the lesson that I taught uh, uh, on that Father's Day was that we have to be, they have the ability to separate a man that has failed us from the God-ordained role that that man should have but didn't serves in society. Is this collective wisdom. And the reason I think it's interesting at this point in history is because right now we have a generation that's coming up or a movement within a generation. I don't want to paint with a wide brush, but there is definitely a movement um, in academia, in certain political circles that want to lay all the sins of civilization on the father and kill it and not treat it with the respect that that it deserves. And we're not saying, you know, that man that maybe hurt you, maybe abused you physically, maybe abused you sexually. We're not talking about that man at this point. Now we're talking about the role of fathers, the, our history. Um, and many of them describe it as, you know, the tyrannical patriarchy, you know, this male-dominated, and people like the ability to separate and say, okay, Noah got drunk, and Noah has inadequacies. Of course, there is the nakedness of the father that we must deal with. Is the father perfect in the regard that everything that's ever happened in our history is perfect? Absolutely not. We can look and behold, obviously, Noah got drunk and passed out. There is inadequacy and vulnerability in the role of the father. But Noah also just saved his family literally built a mechanism that would survive the world's calamity and saved his family. So maybe Ham cut him some slack. Maybe maybe the people that most want to overthrow the systems that we have right now need to recognize the fact that we are more blessed and prosperous at this point of history than in any other time in the history of mankind. Like the, our, the death rates, the 
the the rate of, of of violent deaths, you know, as far as the probabilities that you're going to experience something like that from either your neighbor or uh, nature, uh, you know, disease, pestilence, things like that, we're doing better now than we've ever done. And this is empirically true. This isn't just me pie in the sky. Um, anybody that's complaining about the systems that we have right now, um, with even with their imperfections, even with you know the fact that you know that there have been things historically that were wrong, it's still the best system we've ever had for humanity, and that's that goes for all of humanity. And I mean that. I, I mean it's empirically true that human progress were 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 peaking. Um, and I, I'm not saying that we're going to, you know, that this is the best it's ever going to be and we're going to go down. But if we start tearing down the systems that made this a reality, that I don't see any evidence that another system is going to lead to more prosperity. And so what happens to him? He treats the nakedness of the father with disrespect and who pays the cost? Well, the next generation does. It's Ham's son, Canaan, that pays the cost. And I think that the ideas that are being espoused right now in, in certain philosophical, political, and even religious circles is that the father has outlasted his usefulness, like the role, the spirit of the father, and that we need to move on and build a new um, society on something else. And I think it's a terrible idea. Is the father drunk at times? Is the father laying there exposed and we can all see that this isn't the behavior yes absolutely but there's something valuable there in the role that 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 archetype represents and so man i didn't even really get into um you know i'm gonna do i'm gonna do i'm gonna do part two of bad dads um and we're going to talk about going forward what's the what's the answer to that um and um Thank you for listening today. I uh, I didn't get to the point I wanted to get to, um, but I will get there on this next episode. Please tune right back in uh, for the exciting conclusion of Bad Dads. You've been listening to the Kenny Chester Podcast. Please consider subscribing and leaving a review.